By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blockit Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. KD Armor raised the standard. Finally, AR500 steel core body armor that comfortably conforms to the chest and torso. Unique design distributes weight, feeling lighter, increases mobility, and lessens fatigue. Introducing the Combat Quad Bend CQB, a revolutionary plate-forming process that caters to the end user. The CQB is an industry game-changer, a must-have for the ladies. Available now only at KDArmor.com, C-A-T-I-Armor.com. Come and take it. Attention patriots, tired of the tyranny and crime in the sanctuary cities? Flee the city and seek refuge in the American Redoubt. FleeTheCity.com. Move to the freedom of Idaho, Montana, or Wyoming. FleeTheCity.com. FleeTheCity.com. Thanks for listening to Project Schoolyard Volume 2. For more information about the project, as well as lyric to the songs on this CD, please visit www.tightrope.cc. You can also find jokes news articles, a photo gallery, free CD downloads, and a secure online shopping cart. We carry a full line of flags, t-shirts, CDs, books, stickers, and other products of interest to racially conscious white people. Please visit www.tightrope.cc. You're listening to Resolution Radio. 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 ResolutionRDO.com. Welcome to American Dissident Voices. I'm Kevin Alfred Strom. Jews don't think like we do. I doubt that they see the world like we do. Their minds are alien, predatory, parasitic, and quite possibly something far beyond and far more frightening than parasitic. A case in point. Just a couple of days ago, a Las Vegas Jew and real estate broker and property manager, Alan Rothstein, found himself in court after he forced a homeless woman to sign a contract agreeing to sexual intercourse with him in order to rent a four-bedroom home to her and her five children and to accept the Section 8 housing voucher, which was her only way of paying the rent. According to news reports, Rothstein then required the woman to pay out of her own pocket for repairs to the home that he said were necessary in order to bring it up to Section 8 standards. I assume that was a lie. Have you ever seen Section 8 housing close up? It's hard to believe that they enforce too many standards. And the nice-looking, modern red stucco home that Rothstein managed 
looked better than the average home, at least from the outside. Rothstein then proceeded to charge her more rent than was stipulated in the contract and the voucher. He also charged her for utilities, something she was not legally required to pay under the terms she signed. When she refused to pay these extra fees, Rothstein then started sending her bills for late fees for the unpaid items that ran into thousands of dollars. When Rothstein made sexual advances to the woman, demanding the sex acts that were laid out in the contract he pressured her to sign, she refused his demands. And he did put her under pressure. The woman and her five offspring were homeless. They were living week to week in a motel, an expensive and untenable situation that had to end. She thought that getting the Section 8 voucher was the answer to her prayers. But rents are high in Las Vegas, a very Jewish and very corrupt and very cold-hearted city. And it's hard to find a landlord who isn't a slumlord who will accept a Section 8 voucher there. And Section 8 vouchers expire. If you don't find a place to rent in 90 days, your voucher simply ceases to exist and you are back where you started. Rothstein essentially said to her, Sign this. Pay that. Pay some more. Give me any sex act I want whenever I want. Then pay this extra too. Or sister, you and your babies are out on the street again. When she refused sex to Rothstein, he started eviction proceedings against her, even though the regional housing authority had been paying their part, the vast majority part, of the agreed-upon rent to Rothstein on time every month. And even though the woman's agreed-upon part of the rent payment, $145 per month, had been paid, and even though Rothstein additionally illegally demanded and was getting from her almost $400 per month extra that wasn't in any contract, money he collected just because he said so. Now, I don't know if this was a white woman or not. Many Section 8 recipients are non-whites, though these days, as usury and other forms of Jewish financial predation make us all poorer and poorer, more and more whites are on the relief lists. The important thing in this Rothstein episode, I think, is the vicious and extreme exploitation of the helpless that characterized Rothstein and characterizes so many Jews in Jew-Gentile interactions. Here we had a vulnerable woman and her children in trouble, in need, desperate. How does Rothstein view the woman when she comes to him? Does he want to help her, 
Does he sympathize? Does he try to find a way for both the owner and the potential tenant to have a transaction that benefits them both, as an ethical businessman should do? No. Rothstein does not think that way. Rothstein sees desperation in the woman in somewhat the same way a hungry hyena sees a weak or sick gazelle. Rothstein sees the desperation as a weakness that he can exploit. Rothstein sees a mother in trouble as a way to get sex on demand. Rothstein sees a family about to be on the street as a way to extort money, and then more money on top of that, and then even more money every single month. Rothstein sees a woman in need and not too wise in the ways of legal contracts and laws and regulations as a sucker who will sign or do or pay almost anything to get a roof over her children's heads. He then proceeds to put multiple squeezes on her, upping the demands constantly until she can't take any more. My questions. How many other times has Rothstein done this or something similar and gotten away with it? How many times have the tens of thousands of Rothstein's ilk, who seem to be drawn to professions that attract vulnerable, desperate customers, done the same sort of thing and gotten away with it? And most important of all, how long before we learn our lesson about the Rothsteins of this world? I recently traveled through a naturally beautiful part of upstate New York, about 130 miles north of New York City, from Narrowsburg to Fosterdale to Liberty and Environs, not far from where the infamous 1969 Woodstock Music Festival took place. There is something ominous happening in this part of the country. The air is clean there. There are low mountains and bright blue lakes like jewels in the valleys. There are quiet green forests as far as the eye can see. There are old-fashioned buildings and well-kept traditional homes that remind you of the old America. But then, encroaching on the cleanliness and the beauty and the traditional white way of life, there are the strange and ugly breeding colonies of Jews. All along the Roughly 25-mile strip of Highway 52 that I traversed are hundreds upon hundreds of them. Cheap but shining new row houses, many streets deep and parallel to the road. Big old farmhouses, the original white owners long gone. Repurposed public buildings, now gritty-looking multi-unit homes, the appearance of which 
suggests someone must be paying off the housing inspectors. Out-of-business rust-belt factories or warehouses hastily converted into bursting-at-the-seams cubicle apartments. Ramshackle hunting camps with amateurish-looking additions or converted garages now turned into full-to-the-gills multifamily complexes. Many are behind crooked, cockeyed, and haywired eight-foot-tall chain-link fences that go on for hundreds of feet along the highway. Mixed in among the endless apartments are converted churches and schools. We white people failed to have enough babies to keep them running as they were intended, which are apparently now synagogues or other official Jewish buildings. Who knows what they are, really? We can't read the Hebrew lettering which now covers them. But Jews are squirming in and out of them constantly, so some function is clearly taking place there. And all along the streets and highways, there are Jews. Hundreds of Jews. In some places, only Jews. Alien-looking Jews, rat-faced Jews, Jews with special robes, evidently denoting some special rank or status, Jews with the cold, clouded, reptilian eyes of a patient crocodile waiting for a victim on the riverbank, and frighteningly, some Jews that except for their odd headgear and outfits could pass for white in any country even among the clued-in. The feeling one gets from these latter Jews is, Do you dare to speak against us, or even about us? We're telling you, you will never know who you're speaking to. You will never know if you are speaking to one of us. And even more evident than the Jews on the streets are the Jewesses, wearing long dresses and usually covering their hair with dull-looking scarves. They are everywhere, on the streets, in stores, behind the chain-link fences, behind the small glass windows of the cramped apartments, sitting on stoops, walking on the grounds of the mysterious new institutions that have sprouted everywhere. Walking in groups, even crowds, walking three abreast, walking in single file, and in gigantic contrast with white women today, it looks like at least three-quarters of them are pushing baby carriages, even in some cases double and triple baby carriages. These are not the intermarrying Jews we've heard about. These are not the low-birth-rate Jews we've heard about from those who believe that the Jewish problem will eventually solve itself. These are a reservoir from which the ranks of Jews will be amply replenished. Sources tell me that these are breeding colonies of various sects of Hasidic Jews who are now spreading their kind beyond Brooklyn, to New Jersey and New York. 
These Hasids are building their own parallel society, while they work to take over parts of ours. One thing they don't seem to do much of is work in the local economy. Locals tell me that most of them don't work at all, having become expert and organized at extracting benefits and welfare from the surrounding non-Jews. For example, most of the marriages are solemnized only in their community, and on paper, all these mothers are single moms who get lots of benefits. For another example, many of their institutions are at least nominally religious and they get tax-exempt status. Some Jews, I am told, have the job of streamlining the benefit application process for the rest so they can get EBT, food stamps, rent reimbursement, or whatever is on offer. They are organized into sects, which some of them call courts or dynasties. Wikipedia claims that there are only around 130,000 Hasidic Jews in the entire world. After driving this 25-mile strip of what used to be America, I have some very serious doubts about the accuracy of that figure. Their presence is overwhelming, and they appear to have utterly taken over a number of towns. They must be a powerful, probably even a dominant force in these counties. And even if their secular Jewish relatives weren't rich and powerful and influential in Albany, these Hasids would be, quite on their own account, a force to be reckoned with among state lawmakers. Think about it. What can you do when the jury pool consists of mostly your in-group? What can you do when no mayor or councilman can be elected without your cohesive group's approval? What can you do when you decide who is to be appointed or nominated as a judge? What can you do if you can keep some issues and disputes only within your secret rabbinical courts and only bring the cases that will benefit you to the public courts? And what can you do if you literally write all the laws? The answer is, you can do almost anything. That is the power of racial cohesiveness. And that is something that white people need to learn again. And the white people in these areas, even when they aren't hounded by black-hatted pests to sell out, have figured out the fact that these strange others are ruling now and are leaving in droves. In a way, this ominous change could bring some good to the world. It can't hurt to increase racial separation. It can't hurt to increase awareness of the alien nature 
of Jews. It can't hurt to increase awareness that Jews care only for themselves, that in some or average, living among them is like being surrounded by thousands of Alan Rothsteins. And once that awareness among whites reaches a certain point, millions of us will realize that we need a place for our people again, a place where we write the laws, a place where we appoint the judges, a place where we do what is best for us and where no one is allowed or able to change that forever. In other words, millions of whites will see the absolute necessity and morality of the National Alliance Program. You're listening to Resolution Radio, Radio, Radio. ResolutionRDO.com Are you a native son or daughter of the South who pleads the stars and bars? Someone not born in Dixieland, but who is a Johnny Reb at heart and looking for a place to shop that promotes Southern heritage? Well, your search is over. Dixie Republic is the place to go for all things celebrating the Confederacy and promoting Southern pride. Inside the log cabin, just outside Traveler's Rest, South Carolina, Dixie Republic has t-shirts, hats, videos, flags, books, belt buckles, and some of the best mouth-watering barbecue sauce that will ever touch your lips. There's just about everything you want honoring the South at Dixie Republic. Well, you say that South Carolina's a bit too far for you to drive? Have no fear, my friend. All of this is just a mouse click away. Go online at www.dixierepublic.com. Your home for all things celebrating the Confederacy and promoting Southern pride. Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character, where educating both hearts and minds brings about academic excellence. There is a school in American Fork where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. Based on LDS principles and a love of country, now in our 39th year, American Heritage School is accepting fall enrollment for kindergarten through high school. What would you do for your child? Give them an education that will prepare them for life. Located east of the Temple in American Fork, American Heritage School is a remarkable and affordable alternative. Visit us, find us online, or in the yellow pages. American Heritage School in American Fork. Thanks for listening to Project Schoolyard Volume 2. For more information about the project, as well as lyric to the songs on this CD, please visit www.tightrope.cc. You can also find jokes, news articles, a photo gallery, free CD downloads, and a secure online shopping cart. 
We carry a full line of flags, t-shirts, CDs, books, stickers, and other products of interest to racially conscious white people. Please visit www.tightrope.cc. The Occidental Quarterly fills a unique niche in bringing together scholarly articles on a wide range of topics that are mired in political correctness elsewhere. It is edited by Professor Kevin McDonald, who's no stranger to listeners of the political cesspool. There are quite a few reasons for the precarious state of our civilization and our people. But one of the main ones is that we have lost the intellectual and moral high ground to a cultural elite that is hostile to our people and our culture. Those of us who are politically aware must understand that the elites dominating culture and the political process in the West are intellectually and morally bankrupt. TOQ is the key. Digital download subscriptions are only $30 a year. Subscriptions by first-class mail are only $60 a year. Go to toqonline.com and click on subscribe now. In addition to receiving fascinating and informative articles, you will also be supporting the work of scholars who are part of a community defending our people and our culture with the highest level of integrity and intellectual sophistication. That's toqonline.com. Subscribe now. Are you worried about America? Do you fear the power of the Obama brigades to take away your rights? The Obama presidency is the most radical left-wing administration in American history. Our constitutional liberties are in danger. What can you do? Join the Council of Conservative Citizens. For over 20 years, the CFCC has fought for the rights and ideals of the European-American majority. The CFCC has won legal and political battles to protect your heritage and your liberties. The CFCC advocates strong state governments over the power of Washington, D.C. to rule your life. The CFCC believes in an American-first foreign and domestic policy which opposes globalism and one-world government. The CFCC advocates racial integrity as God's natural order. Visit our website today at www.cfcc.org and join fellow European Americans in the fight for our people.